Hello and welcome to the Three Plane Sports Podcast. Just three plane guys from the Great Plains talking a lot of sports, some sports betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host and producer, Dylan, joined by two heartbroken fans of Jordan Alvarez. First, working on picket signs taking a stand against Uber, Lyft, and cab companies, I have Keontae Confuser, Ryan Kalkbrenner, nickname enthusiast, and Three Plane Sports Twitter manager, Colin. Good evening. Finally, currently wearing Daisy Dukes in a cutoff tank top while he washes his car in his driveway, green with envy over a local transient man's Musin Muhammad Bears jersey, Sam. Thank you, Dylan. It was a was a pretty sick jersey. It was like I said, it was a white jersey, so I assume it was from that uh where they were they the away team in that like oh six, oh seven Super Bowl? Uh yeah, I believe uh uh no, we I think we were home technically. I so, think we were I think we were in, in dark blue and I'm ashamed of myself for not being able to remember off the top of my head. Either way, Moose and Muhammad Bears jersey, that's a pull. I'm I'm fucking impressed. That one that one brought me back. Yeah, yeah, I just uh, thought you might enjoy that as I was making sure he wasn't going to break into my truck as I was looking the <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's jump into the pregame where I have a couple little news deals. Uh, I said I had one when we were doing the pre-show, but now I have two because I was just curious. We were looking at uh, lines for college basketball today. Why was Tennessee the underdog versus Texas, Texas A&M? I know the game was at Texas A&M. But also Tennessee does not seem like the team. Uh, explain that one to me. Um, if you A&M's, can. A&M's been relatively good in their past few games, and Tennessee can't be said the same. What Texas has, uh, Texas A&M's won at least five straight and are at home for this game. They've won five straight, are at home. Tennessee has been struggling on the road. They just lost to Kentucky on the road. They beat Bama at home lost to Mizzou at home. Like, they've been a little more streaky. They've lost uh, three out of their last five, four out of their last six. When they've been on the road, they haven't been as good. So that's a bit of why that line looks like it is. This game has been a fucking disaster, though. We're looking with three minutes left, uh, 40 combined fouls. So a bit of a clusterfuck. Luckily, I teased them to 12-point underdogs, so I'm not particularly worried. <laughs> I am concerned with Tennessee money line. Ooh, rough one. Yeah, yeah. fuck it. I said, I said, fuck A&M, that fraud-ass <clears throat> school. Mostly pissy. I mean, not pissy. Mostly calling them frauds to do their football program, though. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, did you, did you guys know that the USL the USFL draft took place today. I did see that. Uh, I saw that Deshaun White, our, our sooner middle linebacker, got picked up uh, by the Michigan Panthers or something like that in the uh, fifth round. And I, I was just wondering, what the hell isn't he st- go, still in the NFL draft? Is this just kind of like their fallback option? If so, I'll explain that here in a second because I did some reading because I had some questions that that you did. Uh, it's the Michigan Panthers. I just wanted to mention some notable names that not a lot of them here. Uh, Jeffrey Johnson also was drafted by the Houston Gamblers and our very own here. Here's, here's a weird one. And actually this is how I heard of it. I had no idea this was going on today until this like tweet came across my notifications today. Adrian Martinez, (laughs) quarter, former quarterback for Nebraska and Kansas state uh, was drafted in the second round which was the New Jersey Generals' first pick. 
without looking anything up, can either of you guess who the New Jersey Generals head coach might be? In two years, it'll be Matt Patricia. <laughs> um, I don't know. No. Ah, God damn it. Probably some former Nebraska-affiliated coach that is not their most recently fired one. Yeah, so uh, former Nebraska and Oregon State head coach, Mike Riley. So even though they, he never played under Mike Riley, that's a fun little fun little tidbit. But yeah, so I bet he wish he did. Uh, I don't not know about him. that. They were not good. There was that one year they went 10-2, and two, which is like the streakiest, flukiest. They lucked into all of their wins somehow. I don't think they, I don't know. But Better but, than being under Scott Frost. I don't know, Scott. I mean, I don't know. He's drunk. All, it's kind of like working where Colin works or, you know, your boss is drunk all the time. My my boss is sober. <laughs> I'm not sober. Well, okay. The people at work under Colin then. Are also sober. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're drunk yeah, all he's, the time. He's in their perspective with the, Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. But to, answer Sam's, but to answer Sam's question, so how the draft works is basically these scouts for the USFL teams go and look for players that they think are at the very best bubble NFL seventh round slash uh, free agent guys, like guys who might not make it out of camp. <laughs> um, and that's, they think they can give them a better career. And that's why they go looking for guys like Adrian Martinez. Now, granted, there's a few fringe guys that, you know, they may lose who decide they want to take the NFL money, but uh Ultimately, I mean, I noticed like a handful of incarnate word players on this. I'm not sure a lot of incarnate word players are going to end up in the NFL. So, yeah, that's how that's, that works. That's, a, that's an interesting one where it's like, do you take your sixth or seventh round pick drafting at the NFL level or even like undrafted free agent type signing? Or do you go to the USFL for a year and hope to God you can pull some shit off and be real good for a year there and maybe get a fucking practice team signing also i have no idea what the usfl pays like what the league minimums are compared to the nfl so that maybe is something we could look up uh at a future I'm podcast just, and i'm discuss. just gonna look up their schedule oh. yeah they, oh, they're playing in that. they're playing in four whole cities this year instead of just one and yeah, covid fucked them we'll we'll give them a pass um i'm more so trying to see when their season ends um, which looks like sometime in May, unless this Twitter picture is cutting off. It but, puts a I little, mean, I mean, okay, draft week 10 is June 17th to 18th. So assuming that they have like a two week playoff, you're getting out of there by the end of June, early July, you might be good enough. Like if you get drafted, like, eh, no, fuck that. I'm taking the money from the NFL, even if I'm a sixth or seventh rounder at that point. I mean, it's an you're only going to potentially though. get hurt though. Because like your first round, like the guy you take in the first round might be, so, you kind of want that maybe, right, to be somebody that you're pretty sure is going to sign with the USFL, but then maybe yeah. you take a flyer in a later round for somebody who you're not sure if they'd go NFL or USFL. Like that's oh, just for a weird sure. way to no, look I'm, at I'm taking some guaranteed, I'm good. this guy's not making the NFL practice squads. I want this motherfucker. And like to make my team be good if I'm a, if I am scouting for the USFL, which would mean bad shit has all gone on along the way. But I mean, that's what I hey. do. I, I'd I'd get the guaranteed, maybe slightly worse guys rather than hey this guy's going to be good and maybe maybe gets drafted in the NFL as well. 
So I'm 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 saying get fucked to the USFL if they draft me. Oh, well, worked for Doug Flutie uh, in the end. So moving on to another alternative football league. Uh, let's move on to slow pitch, fast pitch, where I give each of these guys a take. Uh, one's the slow pitch, supposed to be an easy take, and the other is the fast pitch, supposed to be a hot take, uh, maybe a little harder to buy on. And they each get one before the show, and they have to blind react to the other. So let's start with the slow pitch. The XFL score bug and graphics fucking suck. Colin. So, so here's the thing. I know you picked this to me, obviously, because I watched more, and I have bad news for you, Dylan. I, as much as I watched more, I, I wouldn't say I paid more attention. And here's the thing. It's on ESPN, so it's that full banner score bug, right? And it's I white. assume, yeah, but it's right above. Sam, are you sucking yourself off right now? <laughs> <laughs> it Look looks like, fucking- oh, it, it's spilling, isn't it? It's spilling. Yeah, it's, 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 it's going right through the bottom, all, all through the bottom of the trophy. And shit. <laughs> is, the, is the fantasy football? Wait, was this for the redraft league? Right? Yeah. Is the yeah. redraft yes. league trophy not watertight? No, it is not. Dude, I had a feeling when I looked in the bottom of it, but I was like, I'm still gonna pour some fucking beer in there. Yeah, Sam was drinking beer out of it earlier. And now it's now it's all on his floor, and now the trophy, and now the trophy. Directly on the hardwood and dripping off the base of the trophy, dude. And now the trophy is sticky. And now the trophy's sticky for probably forever now. (laughs) Put it in dishwasher. (laughs) But so that's the thing. So it's on ESPN, right? Like at least so I will say I think maybe your issue will pan over to my opinion next week because so it's on ESPN, right? They already have the bottom line going on right beneath it, so it really doesn't bother me. It's more it gives me a good separation where I don't give a shit. Now, this week though, if you're not watching on ESPN Plus and you're watching on live TV, you're watching on FX is where it's <laughs> scheduled to be. Now, so that's the thing. I, I sell your opinion up until this week just because it's like I, it that shit doesn't bother me as long as like because there's already that ticker going on for ESPN. So, like, I, I don't focus on it. I'm not paying too much attention to it. Now, maybe if it's the same type of setup for FX, I'll agree with you next week. We'll, we'll come back to this. But <laughs> in my opinion, the score bugs don't I, – I don't give a shit about the score bugs, like, 90% of the time. I'm That's just my opinion. I, I like people uh, – I know people have their opinions on score bugs, and there are some that are typically shitty – but I, I can't think of any uh, off the top of my head. If you have yellow on your score bug in the NFL or in football, then it's a problem. But outside of that, I really don't care. So this – on okay, the score bug kind of sucked, but the border, like always having this white border all the time just made it look like what it is where it's a complete knockoff like football league, which is uh, – yeah, it, it the, the product on field also I think reflects the quality of the graphics and the score bug because uh, that was some dog. I was sitting in a bar and like that was on TV and like this is dog shit, like complete dog shit. But just the the white border around everything is just one. It's not good for bars. Two, I'm not. I don't want to sit in my house on a Saturday night and have a giant white screen flashing at me and brightening up my brightening up my uh, living room. I keep the lights dark for a reason. Um, and, and just, I don't know. It, it's, 
I don't really know what to how to explain it. It's like they tried to go the Amazon route where they wanted it to look technologically advanced, but in reality, it just looks shitty and doesn't. I don't know. It didn't work for me. Sam, did you watch any uh, XFL? I did. I watched the a uh, good chunk of the St. Louis and San Antonio game. If I'm not mistaken, it was pretty terrible. Although it did have the late comeback. <laughs> Um, after suffering through most of it, so that was cool. I'm I'm inclined to agree. I'm kind of in between you guys here because I also don't really get too particular about score bugs. I really get anal about like commentators. But uh, I I will say, Dylan, I would agree. I think if I had to give some feedback on their score bug, I would say it looks a little cheap, um, and it just yeah, it's it's not not among the upper tier of football presentations on on tv by any means all righty we may talk more about alternative football this season depending on how bad or how good it is because uh, it could be so bad it's good hey that, man, that was one other little we're thing gonna be i noticed xfl savants by the end of the season yeah but we <laughs> no we'll, well i i will be open to rediscuss this after yeah. the fx uh, after fx has it because that'll be interesting if they keep the same thing i could see the issue but Maybe they have it different for each like network they're on, and then I'm honestly it'll be interesting. So, I, one thing I thought as I was watching the Houston Roughnecks play, fuck, I don't even remember. Uh, it's not we we've had this discussion in one of the early episodes of the podcast where like bad college football is fun, but bad NFL football is just sad. Bad XFL football, which actually that could have been good XFL football, which is just bad football in general. That's not fun. That's just sad. Like it was just sad. Yeah, it's, dude. I thought I saw AJ McCarron. Uh, like, yeah. and I mean, they complete passes during the game too. I'll give. Him, I'll, I'll admit it. But I saw McCarron have this just like total basic out of practice rhythm throw sort of play <laughs> with just like two step or three step drop and an out route that's like five yards downfield. And it, he didn't just miss the throw. He threw it probably eight yards over the guy's head and it's just so far out of bounds. You would think he was like in trouble and throwing it away, but now he was just clean pocket, clear as day, open guy in the flat. And it's just not even in his zip code. I was like, how the fuck does that happen? Is AJ so, McCarron like 35 now? I don't know. I mean, he, he's older than us. On YouTube, oh, he's so. quite a bit older yeah, than he's us. Certainly. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was, He's been playing professional sports for like 10 years now. So I think it's – so my opinion is like I think it depends on the names associated to each team, right? Like when you see A.J. McCarron look – A.J. McCarron's 32. Um, Jesus. When he looks like shit, it's sad. When some of the other shittier guys look bad and stuff, like these teams that don't have that quarterback that is just, ah, they should be better than this, then it's sort of funny because like you got De'Eric King – who played at Houston and Miami and was sort of dog shit. At, he was like respectable, but in all reality, dog shit in college for what expectations arose from him. Then it's like, ah, who fucking cares? Like if you mentally, like it, it depends on where you can rationalize what you're watching is. If you're, you're expecting it to be shitty, then it's sort of funny. If you're sitting there going, this is my NFL replacement, then you're a fucking one. You're a fucking idiot. But two it's, yeah, it's a rough watch. But, I mean, there's some funny names in the league for sure. I think A.J. McCarron makes it sad. I think everyone else makes it funny. And I sort of think that's that's fair. Like, uh, fucking Ben DiNucci 
doing the fucking <laughs> underhanded shovel pass for a touchdown. Fucking hilarious because it works. And then he throws two dog shit interceptions later in that game. You're like, ah, you remember who it is, right? But AJ McCarron, AJ, when AJ McCarron fucks up, it's sad because he he should be better than this. He he did better than this in college. Well, maybe not better than this, yeah, but like he should like expectations wise, expectations wise, he should be doing better than this. <laughs> and one of the funny things I did see was uh, Paxton Lynch. I don't know who he's playing for, but he's the first quarterback to be benched in the NFL, the XFL, the CFL, and I the USFL. And that is. Dude, oh my god, I mean, I'm not advertising for someone to off themselves, but man, you gotta be sitting there going, oh my god, am I that fucking bad at everything I do? Like, am I, should I not be touching a Uh, football? just, Just quarterbacking, buddy, that's all. Yeah, no, it's like, I've been doing this for how many years now, and I'm still so dog shit that I am getting benched in literally every replacement league and backup league of football. That's 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 a tough look. Like uh, his, his next stop is going to be Brett Favre's uh, Muddy Field Wrangler Gene pickup games. And he's going to be throwing a pick in it. <laughs> yeah, dude, Nathan Peterman has a better chance. <laughs> the Bears officially passed up on the opportunity to franchise tag Nathan Peterman. <laughs> oh damn! He's hitting free agency. Well, well, why would they franchise tag him when they're going to trade Justin Fields to get a? And the number one pick for quarterback. <laughs> wow. We're going to get the number one pick. That's that's exciting. All right. Uh, all right. We, let's move on from the slow pitch into the fast pitch. This is supposed to be the hot take. Uh, hopefully a tougher buy, although this week, maybe not so much. Okay, here we go. Fast pitch. OU is fucked in the SEC in 2024 in pretty much every sport unless things turn around dramatically. Sam? I'm going to go ahead and sell this. Uh, I, I, I feel like it's a it's a fun, you know, kind of take to have right now. Definitely one of, one of those one of those media darling hot takes, and, and you're hearing it from a few different angles. But I don't think that things really need to turn around in, at least like for the football team in any meaningful way other than wins and losses, in which case, I mean, obviously we want to win more games than we won this year. But, I mean, the, the football team just pulled in a recruiting class that is better than any we got under Lincoln Riley. Like there, we have a proven defensive coordinator as our head coach. It hasn't come together yet at OU. But after one year with that coach and with the talent that we're bringing in, I don't. I don't think anything needs to change 180 degrees. We just need to see the results to follow what we're seeing from in the team building. So I don't feel fucked. I don't think OU is going to go in and dominate the SEC by any means. But I don't think that they are fucked and hopeless. Basketball. I. I. I think it's fair. They're. They, they're bad right now. Or at least they're. They're mediocre. They're extremely mediocre. And the SEC <laughs> is probably the second best league, or it's it's at least a respectable basketball league now. Um, Didn't used but to be. You see, I mean, you see programs turn around in the SEC with relative ease, and 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 we have the budget to hire a good coach. If Porter Moser doesn't get it done here, we're gonna have another shot at getting a good coach and having a competitive program in the SEC. Um, our baseball team's been on the way up. Our softball team's dominant. I don't think OU's fucked. It's just not going to be maybe what our, our fan base is used to um, when we were you know in the CFP all the time and, and making the Final Four, having star basketball players like Buddy and Trey. But I, I don't think they're fucked. I'm selling. 
Interesting. I mean, softball alone means uh, we're going to be good. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, from a talent standpoint, uh, okay. they're, they're the best team in the nation. Like I was getting for the it. Last That's one decade. sport. That's one sport. I said Fuck pretty it. much every gymnastics, sport. Gymnastics, both. I mean, SEC is actually decent Wait, in gymnastics on both sides, but we are where, very good. The, in- hey, hey, Colin, where's the defense in gymnastics to make it a sport? Sorry, it is a competition. You are correct. <laughs> um, sorry, you are correct. That is a competition, and I will not uh, dispel that. Oh, sorry. Oh, that was but, a fucking... Imagine if movie. it did have defense, though. You're uh, hitting someone's hands in. off the, the bars. <laughs> Push them. You should just get to have like a Nerf gun to shoot at them on the balance, man. Like a taser, like a taser. Uh, do would do be a old school uh, American gladiators, the tennis ball launcher. <laughs> no, you get you get one taser shot for for the entire event, and you get to you have to choose when to use it. Yeah, you better but, make it count. <laughs> but like basketball will be better than we are this year. If you take the same team, put them in the SEC, they're not dead last in conference play. Yeah, which is like true. third to last. Yeah, that's that's three. <laughs> that's two steps up. Um, football, football. I mean, we sort of expected it's going to be worse for us, right? Like every, uh, everyone, like w- there was no sitting there going, "We're going to be the best team in the SEC in football." But after, like, after will it gro- be after the growing pains this last season? I I hate saying this, but I think the, I think Texas is going to have the easier transition in football, at least in their first season. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Uh. If we are transitioning this year, yes, but it, no, not a chance. Um, because this is this is the last year we might be mediocre. I you think. hope. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean Scott Frost is pulling in twenty top twenty five recruiting classes at Nebraska, and look how that turned out. Scott Frost was not pulling in. I will say the the recruiting class like that we just assembled. No, but you still got yeah. Coach he him. was also claiming <laughs> yeah. fake national championships. Just one. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. He's allowed to because he has a real Ven- national championship too. Venables had two. Well, Venables has what two na- real natties under his belt within uh, the past fucking half decade or decade. Yeah, are you, are, is your take essentially, Dylan, just selling Venables as a coach? Because right now, I don't, I don't see enough to want to give up on him. I mean, we, you say you got to coach him as much as this could oh. be a controversial take on this pod. Our our offensive coordinator is one of the most coveted and successful in the sport. Brent Venables is in charge of the defense, and he was the most coveted and successful DC in the sport at Clemson. So, I mean, it's it's not like we're in in bad hands in terms of coaching. Obviously, we've got to go see the results, but I the whole one need for a one eighty turnaround. I don't see. We just need to see things continue on the upward line that they seem to be on from where we were at this season. I'm not losing a lot of close games. I'm not ready to sell Brent Venables because of all of the Brent Venables because of all the things you just said. Um, I I am willing to to sell Porter Moser get get his oh, ass out of here. Oh, we, uh, we, I think not a single one of us will disagree there. But, but I, just what I, what I'm looking at is is okay in football. I don't. You move up no matter what. You are going to take a step back as soon as you hit the SEC, just because the level of competition is different and the style of play is significantly different. And Brett Venables is never. He's never coached. And he's never been a defensive coordinator in the SEC, unless I am severely missing something. But it's just, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying he won't do it. But I think they're going to take a step back as soon as they enter the SEC and have to play that schedule. Now, granted, they go, unless the SEC is going to update it, but I don't think that was part of this most recent 
scheduling update, they still only play eight conference games, so that will help him. You know that that'll help OU's football team only playing eight conference games. You get to have a uh, uh, cupcake in November. You know, I also. But, Sorry to cut you off, no, though, but I, I've I've heard a lot of the. And we've all heard a lot of the circle jerk about. Oh, you, they got to be ready to handle an SEC schedule. It's different up there. But like, with all due respect, oh my God, we have to. You're telling me we have to go beat Florida and Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. Like, I mean, there's there's just there's plenty of mediocrity in the SEC too. South Carolina, whoever you want to say. I mean, there's huh. there's South there's Carolina went eight and four last year. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I'm just saying historically. Yeah, they they can have a good year. Mizzou, whoever you whoever you want to throw out there, Arkansas, they were six and six. They damn near the Kansas took them to triple overtime. I mean, the SEC to me, it's it's obviously the cream of the crop is better than in the Big Twelve, but I don't really buy the whole thought that the depth is just incredible. You never get a week off playing against those boys. Any of that shit to me, a lot of the schedules you're going to see down there are comparable to a Big 12 schedule. I know that's a hot take, but I, I just I, I don't fear the the week in, week out of the SEC that much more than us going and playing at Baylor and TCU and shit, you know. I, I just think the you football have an FCS looks, opponent in the middle of the year. I just think the football looks a lot different in the SEC, so I'll be curious to see how OU adapts. Not, I mean, not in the it. past couple of years. I think if you're saying that maybe five years ago, yes, but now high-octane offenses run the SEC just as much as they do the Big 12. Now is a- the defensive <laughs> talent slightly better? Oh, for sure. I just I don't like I think that has become an over-the-top media narrative and that they're still just clinging on to over the past few years about it's completely different football when like uh, multiple offense, like multiple games are just offensive shootouts a year, like week in week out in the SEC, which is what the big 12 is, but they just like SEC's ESPN's cash cow. So they're not going to admit that the big 12 is very similar. Mississippi state, potentially less high scoring rip rip. Mr. Pirate. Yeah, but I mean, I was actually just watching some more Mike Leach videos at work uh, as recently <laughs> as yesterday, <laughs> circling back to some of the, the wedding advice and the candy takes. <laughs> um, okay, so decidedly not fucked, probably. Uh, maybe, maybe challenged. Yes, fucked. No, can we agree on that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, we knew it was going to be yeah, a step up fair. in competition. The only like maybe basketball we get like. From like an appeal, like and just eye test, basketball is the only sport we're gonna get. Like men's basketball, sorry, like baseball. Baseball, SEC's SEC's good for baseball. Well, that's what I'm saying. Men's basketball is the only thing I can clearly say will be taking a step up. Like will be better technically within their standings. And obviously, I don't follow all of the fucking sports that we have in competitions that women's rowing, but but. They're we, we, we should. <laughs> I, I think rowing we actually have a really decent school for because we have shit set up like the Olympic, like the Olympic shit for the U.S. is like semi-based in OKC. Fun fact. I mean, all As they of, need like, a few years ago, Louisiana just Louisiana needs one more Katrina, and with all the water floating around, they'll have in a couple of years after that they'll have like world class rowers. <laughs> They, I mean, they have the Mississippi there. going through them. They should have figured it out years ago. 
Well, That's no, on it's one. Them. It's one thing when the water's up to your house and it's paddle or die. <laughs> Doesn't mean they commit to the SEC. <laughs> Good thing we own pool noodles. <laughs> All right, all right, that's enough of that. Um, so moving on to something we were looking to save for, and actually I'm going to put this in the title so it's not a surprise. Um, we've been looking to save this for a, a week when we had slow sports news, and this week is probably as good as any now. Uh, we all are, We I, I think we'd all consider ourselves OU fans, at least Oklahoma football fans, uh, considering we all graduated with our degrees from that institution, but we want to go back and talk well, yeah, for the most part, <laughs> um, we, we want to go back and explain some of our allegiances to other teams that you may have heard over the past uh, 17 episodes and, you know, where, how we became fans of the teams that we are fans of. So let's kind of put OU aside unless somebody else has a story other than living in Oklahoma I mean, I guess you can mention it if you want. Let's start at, like, college football. Who wants to go first? Well, I think Sam's the most to digress from us. Yeah, I'll go ahead and jump in there. And I I sort of got into sports in general, like, roughly in the 2006 to 2008 time frame. So that's where a lot of this is going to kind of originate for me. But uh, Kansas Jayhawks, Todd Reesing, you know, they won the Orange Bowl. Akeem Tlaib. They had they had some studs. I I, I just you know I, I got introduced. Hey, you know fucking football happens on Saturdays. You should check it out. A lot of my buddies were actually K State fans growing up in Kansas, uh, and I I kind of was a, a bigger fan of the the Crimson and Blue, and I, I fell in love with the Todd Reesing 2008 Jayhawks Orange Bowl team. And unfortunately, that was the last high point <laughs> for the Kansas Jayhawks. It's been a little while now. We had. Uh, we went back to a bowl for the first time since the year after that. I believe we went to the Insight.com bowl. Sucking ass. From the, I think we were a pity in there. You remember the bowl something. name that doesn't exist anymore? Uh huh. Jesus. Yeah, that was that was the last. That was our last taste of glory. I think we were playing Minnesota. I think we lost. But uh, you know, it's 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 been a rough go. I don't know how much I want to dive into the KU football experience. Uh, most <laughs> people know there there haven't been a whole lot of highlights. Puka Williams is pretty good. A lot of good running backs have passed through. He's James in the Sims, XFL. Tommy Pearson, Khalil Herbert. <laughs> yeah, real great. He's in the XFL now. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, I mean, he was he he took it to OU, man. He put like two bills on them. But anyhow, yeah. it's been mostly mostly a tough time as a Jayhawks fan. You know who must be better than Puka Williams because he's still in the NFL. Who? Rex Burkhead. <laughs> So for he those plays of, the game the right way, I'll give him that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I was born and raised in the state that has three major exports. Corn, depression, and formerly good football, Nebraska. Uh, and so growing up there, there's really nothing else. The basketball team was shitty. Uh, there's still no pro is. team. There's no... Eh, they're coming up. Let's let's not hold on. Hold on, a fucking second. You put some respect on Fred Hoiberg's name. Hey, uh, his son uh, put the game away the other night when I was watching. Yeah, it's which is amazing because earlier in the season, everybody was saying how he's like the guy at your your high school on your high school team 
who they're like, you tell the other team to take it easy on him because you just need to give him some minutes so his parents can see him out on the on the court and he can have a special moment when he makes a basket. That was Sam Hoiberg up until last week. Imagine saying that about a collegiate coach is fucking kid. That's rough. That means you you really suck. That's the second son of because didn't his other son play at Michigan State or did Sam? Why transfer? the fuck would I know that? I don't. I, know. I don't. Wait, know. I'm, I'm talking about. You're right. I'm talking about. I thought his but I I don't know if it's the same kid. Yeah, or not. Sam. I, Sam I, I actually have no idea. I just know he's coach's son. I didn't take. I'm pretty sure I'm talking about Sam Hoiberg. You you were, and that, that's that. I don't know why you're confused about that. But yeah, so uh, in Nebraska, you have a lot of people, my parents included, who remember the '90s. And uh, when when Nebraska won three national championships in a span of like four years, uh, and went to another one, uh, and, and you know it's just it's something that's as as shitty as they have always been. From like the the last thing, like the first thing I remember is fucking Bill Callahan coming and blowing up the entire fucking program. I really have no memory of Eric Crouch. I don't have memory of the 2001 appearance. I definitely don't have any memory of the 90s appearances because I was only alive for one of them. Uh, and, it, you know, you go through, though, and it's been fun to watch until basically Mike Riley and Scott Frost. Uh, just to put into perspective how much things have fucking changed. The 2009 Gator Bowl was between Nebraska and Clemson, and Nebraska won that one. Let that one sink in for a minute. It was before the rise of Jesus and D- Dabo. That was Dabo's was first Dominican year. Sue be on that team? Yes, he would have been. That was that was Bo Pelini and Dabo's first year's coaching. What about uh, that's interesting. head coaching? What about Prince of Mukamara? Uh, he would have been on that team. He was around till no that that team had a great defense. The offense that team could have won a national championship if they had a legitimate offense uh, because the, the defense was absolutely fucking stacked. They just needed to have like an average or mediocre rather than complete dog shit can't move the ball offense. You had such uh, elite play from um, uh, uh, Zach Lee, a bunch of wide, no-name wide receivers. Uh, the lone bright spot was Roy Hellu, who played in uh, played in the NFL for a while. But uh, yeah, so Nebraska, it hurts, and I'm hoping that Matt Rule can right the ship. He says all the right things uh, in different ways than Scott Frost said all the right things. And Matt Rule's dad is a he preacher, so I, I hope he's less of a drunk considering his dad is a preacher. That uh, I don't think that's too safe a bet. It's going to drive you one way or the other. Uh, <laughs> Matt Rule seems like less of a drunk than Scott Frost. For now. Yeah, that's fair. He hasn't for coached now. Nebraska yeah. for, na- for that long. Yeah. You know that'll, what? If he gets Dylan Raiola, I bet you he never it, drinks again. I got bad news, Dylan. He ain't getting Dylan Raiola. We'll see about that. He no, canceled that a lot of sure He's canceled a lot of his other, his other visits except for Nebraska. Sam, oh, oh, I thought you were talking about fucking uh, – what about Ooh, USC? Like, sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. Colin, explain to us why you're an OU football fan, although I already explained that. And if you have any other allegiances living in Florida at one point in your life. Oh, I don't. Oh, actually, no. If anything, I could have a longer elaborated response on why I hate all of Florida colleges. You know what? Go and, for it because we know you're an OU fan because you lived here at one point. You graduated from so, there. But. Yeah, real, real quick. I mean, well, uh, my dad's Air Force, so I've lived in Oklahoma now for the third time. Granted, this third time's now about eight years because I live on my own. Um, and that was from college on up, up until today. But uh, Your six cats dad, are offended. Hey, man. They're they're doing great. They're not in this yeah, room, but they're, they're doing they're great. Not, you're not um, living alone. 
Oh, I mean living away from my parents. The other <laughs> two times I've lived in Oklahoma is because my dad had us move back here because he worked on the AWACS, which only has one base in the United States, which is a fucking tinker in Oklahoma. So, I mean, I, I just – Oklahoma obviously was the affiliate I would have for any sports, which you don't get to do in any professional sports. But in college, yeah, you sure do get for football, in which I got to watch my idol Landry Jones uh, <laughs> play real good football. I mean, I, I've been around prior to that, but I definitely think Landry Jones is better. He's a very pr- good college quarterback than people say. But this is pre-mustache Landry Jones, by the way. But so I do quite enjoy my I I will give him his laurels more than anyone else does. But now I've lived in Oklahoma now three different times. I've rooted for Oklahoma football probably since the first time around, um, which is like early middle school, like early elementary school. But I lived in Florida for all of high school or at least three and a half years of high school. And so obviously I know a bunch of people that went to UCF, Florida State, the University of Florida. No one cares about South Florida when it comes to sports. Um and I despise every single one of those people. I don't speak to anyone from high school. And I had to deal with all those cocksuckers that went to UCF posting about how they won a national championship. Uh, what, a few years back? God knows when that was. I tried to block it out because that was 17. just absolute. Yeah, absolute horse shit. Bunch of delusional fucks. You had a good football program. Just be okay with that. Hang the you, banner, I say. Yeah. Uh, End your own. <laughs> no, we won't go that far. Uh, <laughs> no, go fuck yourself. We'll go with that. The tried and true. Go fuck yourselves, all of you. You guys beat the fucking third best or fourth best SEC team in a bowl game, and that's what you're sitting there going, "Yeah, it was a national championship." Go fuck yourselves. Um, Florida State would have been high school all over again if I went there. Uh, so I didn't. I didn't even apply there actually. And then UF, I applied there, but they had an S. The essay to get in there was, "What hardships have you gone through?" And guess who hadn't gone really through any hardships uh, growing up to what he knows as middle class white. Uh, me, I, I was like, I got fucking nothing. I moved around a lot. That's all I got. Color oh, me no, surprised that color color me surprised that Colin was not bullied to the point of like. Hardship during, uh, during his you, you know what? He was me, just still in denial about me, that that was occurring. Because so I, li- I lived on base with a bunch of other military kids. What were you going to do? You move around, fuckface? Yeah, so do you every two to three years, shit. Oh, that, that's like, not what I would have made fun of that was, before. That was the best <laughs> where they would be going at all. Oh, then I, yeah, I, I was not listening well enough for that. Nah, I, nah. Shit was good. You know what? It's funny because I, when I lived in Italy, I lived in Italy in middle school, and I talked to my dad like relatively recently. Like, you know, we're big soccer people, and I was like, why didn't we get any soccer games or anything while we lived there? Like that was like prime time to go to anything. Because like, your dad realizes uh, it sucks too. No, it's because we were. Uh, my parents were in like pretty decent like debt at that point, but I don't know that. <laughs> So like wow. my life's my life's been fine, and they got out of that <laughs> shit by the time we are I like you know, especially by the time I realized what finances were. So yeah, no fuck Florida schools. They can all go suck me. 
<laughs> circling back a little bit. Next week's episode is just going to be about reasons that we think Colin could or should have been bullied <laughs> growing up as a kid. Oh, no. Uh, uh, was bullied blocks it out, I guess, as a mental stability thing. Hey, I heard you shit your pants on on a surprisingly <laughs> frequent basis, kid. Hey, that didn't start until college. Uh, <laughs> bold no, thing they, to admit. They, they, that, that, that was probably a drinking thing. Um, but no, no, Let's I did not. get bold to admit. <laughs> Sam got the experience. The first step in under, the first step in admitting what, what's the what, what the first step in recovery is admitting that you have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, fuck. Alright. Let's you know, Colin, roll us in why why the fuck are you an Atlanta <laughs> Falcons fan? Uh, well, mm, so we probably should have gone MLB first to get here. No, fuck but, it. Doesn't matter. Uh, Falcons fan, right? That doesn't make so, any sense either. <laughs> Whatever. Well, actually, it, it, it I can if, tell you all about the history of Collins Cubs fandom. Oh, go fuck yourself. Go fuck I it. Would let's, like to, fine, let's go baseball. All right, cool. I'm starting baseball. So when I uh, first picked sports up, um, big, big baseball guy, that was the first sport I really liked and really watched. Um, very easy to watch the Cubs, obviously, when WGN was a good programming network, right, Sam? It was a very good Chicago-based one, but Cubs were very prevalent. I'll I didn't give a that. shit about other sports. I liked Sammy Sosa growing up. My dad's was my dad oh was a Reds fan, so like knowing baseball, they're in the same division. Uh, so like decent knowledge within that. I really like Sammy Sosa growing up, you know, pre and post, uh, yeah, how do you feel, how do you feel about him now? And, uh, Oh, that shit's hilarious, man. Um, but so big, I, you know, that's who I latch onto as a player, right? I, it wasn't McGuire. It wasn't some of the other guys. It was Sosa. That's who I've watched, like who I liked growing up. I went, you know, went to a Cubs game, not at Wrigley, but when we were in Florida, went and saw them while they were playing the Florida Marlins actually be uh, facing uh Dontrell Willis. Uh so I'm that's how I am a Cubs fan. Now, hold despite... hold on a second. Did you ever call did you ever call them as a child or as an adult the Cubbies? Oh I mean Surely. yeah when I was younger. Yeah, Jesus sure. fucking Christ. Are you I call I call, call I call them the Cubbies. I just have a yeah. memory of my first grade classmate like love like just like just slurping on Sammy Sosa and calling them the Cubbies every fucking waking moment he could. And and that, that does not sit well with me anymore. No, I, I mean, I get primary, that. Uh, primary. No, not at all. Term, but it's, no, it's, like it's if I'm ever talking cool. about, them, I'm talking about the Cubs, but like my parents would say the Cubbies, you know, like, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't say patronizingly, but like you're talking to a fucking third through fifth grader about the Cubs. So yeah, the Cubbies, it doesn't bother me. I, I, it's annoying. Yeah, sure. I would never call them that today. I, I in all reality, unless I wanted to be patronizing I'd towards some I, of the players. I also well, remember. You, man, we'll get to why you may do that if I under if it's under a patronizing way. But, I also but, I also remember the same first grade classmate like having to defend himself every single day about like the, the whole Sammy Sosa corked bat controversy because even as first graders even as, first, <laughs> even as first graders who knew like I knew nothing about baseball I still fucking knew Sammy Sosa used to cork bat and give shit about that every single day. <laughs> Bro, that was like when that happened. It was already towards the end of his career. I really don't care. 
Uh, his <laughs> career is tainted anyway. I, I don't give a shit. I like the Cubs still, despite Sam's popular belief. I liked them back then. Uh, so I'm just not too... That's who I stuck with. And actually, like, and I'll explain later, but they were the first sports team that I associate myself with. And I've stuck with them. It's actually, I wouldn't say one of the few teams I've stuck with, but there's been less shifting, reasonable shifting that I will explain later. And, you know, it is what it is. From one Chicago team to another, Sam. I am a Chicago White Sox fan, and really all my Chicago fandom has been passed down in the family. We actually have some, my whole family, I was born in Kansas, but my whole family was from Chicago. Even my older brother, who's just like two and a half years older than me, he was born in Chicago. What a shithole. Um, Who the hell lives in Kansas? <laughs> yeah, that's a, I can't imagine still living in Wichita. That's for damn sure. I done got my ass out. But uh, anyhow, no, I, uh, I, the White Sox were, were kind of the most like ingrained in our, in the blood of our family, so to speak. Like if whenever I'd be back in Chicago, like that the Sox are what everybody talks about. My grandpa, my grandma would, would, would just watch the Sox all day. My it goes all the way back to my grandfather who he he was I mean, he was old as you might uh, infer, <laughs> um, and he used to be able to. I shit you not, you could just walk right the fuck up to Wrigley and like and see in through a hole in the fence back in when he was a kid in like the the 40s or Where's something Where's this like going? That. Uh, <laughs> and well not, nothing too too sinister but my so my grandpa used to go on down there he loved baseball he used to he actually was like uh he was semi pro he almost made the majors as like pitching when he was you know very old I'm going to tell my grand, I'm going to tell my grandchildren that too <laughs> yeah, who knows how true it is, but we we do have some sports ties. The further up you go in the family, I just never caught the athleticism from that. But uh, uh, anyhow, he would go up to Wrigley as a kid, and he would just peer through the fence, and he would watch Cubs games for free, and he just loved it. And it had it had all of his interest and all of his heart, and eventually one year they sealed the hole in the fence, and he from that day forward, at least what I'm told is he was like fuck the Chicago Cubs. He became a Sox fan and just hated the Cubs with every ounce of his soul until the day he died, like 70-some years later. That has been passed down through the whole family. Our our whole extended family still bonds over the White Sox primarily. Uh, it sounds, know, a lot like, all... sounds a lot like my dad and the local Oldsmobile dealership growing up. <laughs> I can see that being true. It, it's just it's kind of part of the family, and uh, that that's one that – that's why I also kind of got into baseball – First, I unfortunately was admittedly not really into baseball yet when the Sox won in 05. I was aware that that was happening because my parents were fired up about it. But uh, I've been, I also got into baseball kind of a little bit before I got into other sports because it was, it was important to my family. I guess so, yeah. We, <laughs> we were, in fact, white. And, I, you know, I played shittily, very shittily as a kid, too, earlier than I played basketball and all that. So baseball was just kind of the first love. All right. So I came into baseball a lot later in my, in my life. Um, and I'm not a band, bandwagon fan, as a lot out there may think, or as I know Sam and Colin don't think this. Well, but, well we don't think it. We just don't respect it. Yeah, it's fine. I, uh, during high school, moved to the Houston area, and that's when I first got into baseball. Uh, growing up in Nebraska, you basically had like some like really shitty farm league teams that were like not MLB affiliated, and then you had 
the Omaha Royals at the time, now the Storm Chasers. I had never gone to a Royals game, never gone to a, a Lincoln Salt Dogs game or any of the other crappy little independent league games. Uh, so we moved to Houston, and all of a sudden, we have a major league team, and one that at the time was the worst in the league. Uh, this is yeah that era before they got to become one of the best in the league. So I, I became an Astros fan. We moved there and I could go to games for like eight bucks because nobody wanted to go to Astros games because they were absolutely terrible as they were trying to develop their, their farm league, their farm league. Um, so yeah, lots of opportunities to go to games. Uh, it's a good experience. Minute Maid Park is an amazing, formerly Enron Park is, is an absolutely amazing experience. And uh, from there, better I better mean, when they had the bump in center. Yeah. Here's a question. Who has less integrity, Enron or the Houston Astros? Ooh, probably Enron. Uh, yeah, it's easy for you to say. Yeah. Also, just just because <laughs> there's one quick jab anymore. out there uh, regarding, I know you're not an Astros bandwagoner. That That's not the term to apply here, but it is mighty convenient that you found your way as, as a Vikings fan, a Minnesota Wild fan and all that. But, oh, hey, I like the Houston Astros and not the piece of shit twins. Wow. How's that work? Well, because <laughs> we'll get to that. That's all very, very different and all for different reasons. There's absolutely no Minnesota connection. Um but like he yeah, suffered no, no. at least, so it's okay. Yeah, no, the the yeah, like I said, the Astros were really, really bad uh, when I became an Astros fan, and, and now it's it's all paying off. You know, like I said, I, I'd I'd be there smashing the trash can if they asked me to. That's fair. Oh, I, I guarantee Sam and I would both do the same thing for our teams if it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know how to do it? Yeah. I'll fucking do it for yeah. free. Uh-huh. Well, just get... Are we going to go eighty-two and eighty if I do let, this? Let me just. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Let me just put a future bet on the Cubs, and I will go smack the shit out of that trash can. Did your hey Sam? Did your grandfather like regularly curse the Reisendorf family? Like, did he put a curse on 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 their name on his deathbed? He really he I I didn't really hear it from him. He was a a, a lively character though. Legitimately, he would curse a lot. He would curse things. That's for sure. Unlike a lot of my my more immediate family, he he's a very like. He, he would he would let you hear it about a given player or anything. I didn't hear it specifically from him about Jerry Reinsdorf, but he was a smart man. I'm sure he knew what was going on, and I'm sure he did not he did not think fondly of Jerry. I will say that many of my grandfather's descendants cursed Jerry Reinsdorf on the regular. I can attest to my cousins who I have on social media. They know what's what. Fuck Jerry, and uh, that's that's still Fuck alive. Jerry. All right. Uh, it's perfect segue for me from our last conversation to NFL. There is, I have absolutely no Minnesota connection. My parents really never gave a shit about sports. They like supported me when I wanted to play soccer and things, you know, the things you do as a kid. Um, but like other Cheaper than Nebraska, sports. other than Nebraska football and Nebraska volleyball, they couldn't care less. So uh, I had to kind of find my own way. Uh, to an NFL team and growing up in Nebraska, there are no NFL teams. And a lot of my friends were chiefs fans. Uh, some were like, what was a green Bay Packers fan? Yeah. Just like a smattering of fans. Not everybody who is just like good. Uh, but ultimately my dad used to always listen to this radio show when he would drive me to school. And the one guy on the radio show, like they all, like one was a Steelers fan. A couple guys were like Packers fan. And then this one guy was a Vikings fan, but he seemed to be the only fucking one who knew what was going on with his team and with the, with the sport in general, everybody else, you know, the other, the other guys on this radio show would have like these just regular brain dead takes about, Oh, your coach and quarterback suck. Like the only, the take that everybody, 
you know, no matter how much they follow football, can come up with a take that a coach and a quarterback sucks. But no, this other dude, like, you know, even when the Vikings sucked, he'd be like, well, they suck. He'd be downtrodden and depressed all the time. But like, this, <laughs> is why I'm, this is why I'm downtrodden and, and depressed. You've got, you've got basically, you're, you're saying you've got Colin calling in there about Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel, and we score like 40 points and lose, and he's like, God damn, UCF fraud piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I'll be proven right next year. <laughs> so, so basically, I found out that I knew more about the Vikings than any other NFL team at this point, and... <laughs> It's just like I kind of latched onto it because I kind of liked this one guy on the radio show. And so ultimately I, I got emotionally attached to whether or not they were doing well at the time. Hint, hint, they were not doing well. So, well, actually at that time they might have been. And then quickly. Adrian uh, Peterson. Yeah. And then quickly we went to the Christian Ponder era. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. He's so, no Joe Webb. Uh, yeah. So, so now uh, somehow I am inexplicably tied to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it's not a good feeling a lot of years. <laughs> well, Sam, we'll let you sandwich in on that because I may have a longer explanation than you on why you're a Bears fan then. All right. Yeah, I mean, kind of similar, you know, it's 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 all in the Chicago thing. Uh, I, I grew up, my parents were, were getting into the Bears and the, I would watch some Bears games with them when I was a kid. I kind of got into it with Devin Hester's rookie season, which was also the year we ended up making it to the Super Bowl against Indianapolis. He ended up taking back the opening kickoff. It was a whole special fucking thing. The defense was incredible that year. That was the year uh, Hester had something to do with this, too, and obviously the defense, where we beat the Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football thanks to the defense, I think, scoring twice and Hester scoring once to, to swing the game when the offense just could not move it. And Dennis Green, RIP, I believe. Had oh, his shit. legendary his legendary <laughs> moment. They are who we thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. Wait, who'd you just say? We Dennis let him off the Green. hook. De- wait, say Dennis again. Green. Dennis Green. I'm on it. Yeah. How did he die? Coach of the Cardinals at the time. You know what I'm referencing, right? I know what you're referencing, and he is 100% dead. Yeah. So seven years ago, that was a hell of a Bears season. That was kind of when I got into the Bears. Similarly to KU football, but not as extreme. It's been mostly down since then. The Bears mostly have sucked ass. Uh, There have been some more sort of flash in the pan eras of hope for the Bears than for KU football. But football for me has just been gradually growing to love the sport more and like all all of what goes into it schematically. And I just find football like extremely interesting. And that makes up for the fact that, like, following KU football and the Bears for the majority of my life has just been, like, fucking hitting myself in the head. Good on you for finding ways to love – Good on you for finding ways to love the sport of football despite Roger Goodell and ESPN trying to ruin every minute of it. Hey, man, it's better than fucking goddamn – Alien-looking motherfucker ruined the NBA. So yeah, Adam Silver. Adam Thank Silver, you. the terrorist who single-handedly <laughs> killed All Star Weekend. So okay, for me then NFL. Right when I got into sports, as I said, baseball was the first one. And you know, living in Oklahoma, you don't exactly have professional teams to support. So. I, I like Sammy Sosa. That was the first you know first sport I really associated with, uh, like wanting to root for. So initially, I was like, "All right, you know, well, fuck it, we'll go Chicago teams." 
and didn't realize they sucked. Actually, no, that that's time not rash- No, that's not really what yeah. did it actually for me. It was mobile quarterbacks really encapsulated my attention for football. So actually, I took a moment to be like, "Oh, the Titans look like a fun team to support with Vince Young," and very quickly that turned into Michael Vick. Did you have a childhood dog? Uh, two actually. <laughs> oh, they so did you zero could, you fight. Could, you, could, you could play Mike Vick at home. <laughs> I did not, but so I I went to the Falcons because Michael Vick obviously was up and coming and very much entertaining to that type of shit. Much to your and, childhood childhood dog's horror. Uh, they uh, what they didn't know didn't hurt him, and what they didn't know, which was Michael Vick, didn't hurt him. Um, no, so the Falcons became the team I liked. Like I like Michael Vick encapsulated me enough that I decided to like, all right, we'll stick with this team. So obviously, I I grew up watching Roddy White, Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, Michael Turner, all of that, and I stuck Warwick with that. Dunn. Thank you. Uh, I knew I was forgetting someone in that early year, so I stuck with them. That that's how it's been, and I have unfortunately stuck with them through uh, what twenty sixteen. And uh, while I, I give less of a shit right now, while they're like I am less emotionally attached right now, as we sort of discussed in last week's episode with the Super Bowl and shit, or two weeks ago, twenty eight um, to three, never forget. Yeah. You know what? They've broken worse fucking. They fucked with N- and NFL probability lines abhorrently since then too. So. Still a Falcons fan. Still want them to be good. They haven't been. They're on the potentially on the rise. I won't say they're on the rise. I don't trust those fuckers. Um, but that's who I support NFL wise, and that's who I I've stuck with since literally pre pre convicted Michael Vick. I, I also I God damn it. I, I do want to go back because I forgot to mention for a, a brief period of time I was that magical bandwagon Chargers fan with uh Philip Rivers and uh LT and um Antonio Gates and uh Darren Sproles. Uh not so much that era, the LT era. Who is who is the wide receiver? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, Vincent Jackson. Yes, absolutely. R.I.P. I have, I have his, uh, I have a Philip Rivers and a Vincent Jackson uh, football card somewhere in my house in a box somewhere, like a nice. They will one. survive because they never won anything, right? We uh, criticize they, you they more. Did if make they did. it to that AFC Championship in '09? Maybe t- uh, whatever. Is that is that the one where uh, LT and uh, and Philip Rivers were hurt beyond fuck all? Couldn't tell you. It's been a long time, and I wasn't I that good. Of a, I, I was they lost to the Colts, though, who ended up losing the Super Bowl. To I was, the yeah, I wasn't a very good fan. Uh, okay, I think I think I'm thinking of them playing the uh, the Patriots being injured. One of those all years the they shit. played the Jets in the playoffs. It's wild. <laughs> so uh, where do we want to go next? Let's do college basketball because I think we're all more interested than that than the NBA. Hit me, somebody yeah. go. Same. I'd be happy to jump into this one. So the pretty much the opposite experience. So when I when I got into KU, we talked about you know I was getting into KU football. They were actually good at the time. Todd Reesing. I forgot to shout out Kerry Meyer and I think Des Briscoe. A couple of those old Jayhawks as well. They're, they're coming back to me a little more now on the football side. But the basketball team, obviously, 
as has always been the case, was the real moneymaker for KU. Um, I believe I, I first got like really interested in what they were doing in the 06-07 season um, where Julian Wright ended up going pro. He was one of our best players that year, and we lost to UCLA, I believe, in the Elite Eight. Um, the following year, I got super-duper sick as a kid, was out of school for like two months, and was basically doing nothing other than following KU basketball um, with uh, the Mario Chalmers, Brandon Rush, Sharon Collins, uh, Darrell Arthur, Darnell Jackson team in 2008 that ended up going all the way to the championship and winning it against Derrick Rose and Memphis. Uh, and since then, it has been, unlike KU football, it has been an absolute joyride every step of the way. There's been plenty of heartbreak. Obviously, there's the, the Northern Iowa, Ali Farokmanesh. I experienced that when I was still a kid living in Kansas. I was fucking heartbroken. Couldn't believe the, the injustice that had just befallen me watching that great of a KU team lose in, in the opening weekend. Uh, but... I, I just can't brag on them enough, really, that they have kept me sane through all my other sports teams' misgivings over the years. Bill Self is the most consistently successful coach, arguably in sports at all. Uh, maybe maybe that's a stretch, but in college basketball, it's, it's clear cut. He's got a long uh, way to go to beat Coach K. Oh, he's, he's been more consistent than Coach K was, though. He's arguably got, he's, better than Coach not, K. He's not necessarily a greater coach than Coach K, but no, he was more he consistent is. over over the Coach K's career. Uh, like while they've both been active, KU has been consistently better and consistently able to beat Duke when they have matched up. He just has fewer championships, which Fuck is a fair Coach knock. K. He also Coach K also probably has historically better recruitment. And better well, teams probably. on Coach his side has done fuck shit with not them. not to turn this into He's a debate, but Coach K also fuck built Duke from like Duke was not a basketball powerhouse until well into Coach K's tenure. Yeah, that's fair, but I mean, it's uh, obviously Bill Self didn't have to build KU, but he has improved KU. He's he's done more with KU than Roy Williams was able to do, or really anyone before him. And Bill Self has been successful yeah. at every stop. He didn't get hired at KU by accident. He got hired because I mean, he is damn good at what he does. When, when, and that's why we can have a six-year NCAA investigation, dark cloud all over our recruiting, start pulling guys out of the KC Metro three stars and go win a fucking national title because we have the best coach in the sport. All righty. Uh, hey, he's no Fred Hoiberg. <laughs> Fred Fred used to give him some tough fucking games, man. I legitimately respected Fred for a long time just thanks to just thanks to the, you know, those I'm starting Iowa to respect him now because he might finish the season over 500. Uh, I can't remember where they're at With right now. Holy, uh, they're uh, 14 and 14. Yeah. Uh, cuz they uh who they who they just Maryland. beat. They're, they've won. Yeah, they, that they, one. Uh, that one burned the fuck out of me. They've won three in a row, which is fucking insane for Nebraska basketball. They play Minnesota next week, so they, there's a good ch- or uh, on Saturday. Sorry, they they make it four in a row, and then Michigan State is probably a lot tougher. They probably don't win that one, but they probably you know. lose that game. But perfect. Moving on. Uh, actually, growing up, I would you'd call me a people in Nebraska say this in hushed tones. But you would call me a Jasker because I actually didn't give a shit about Nebraska basketball, even with like the the weird uh, Taron Petaway season where you know they made the NCAA tournament, um, <clears throat> and he went on to be to do really nothing with his career. But 
uh, Creighton has always been there in my life, uh, especially, particularly, Sam knows where I'm going with this. The Doug McDermott years is when I really started paying attention to college basketball and starting to really, really watch the tournament. And that's just those those couple of years, uh, the last two years, I want to say 2011 and 2012, but I could be off by a year. Those were just like watching the tournament those years with Creighton, even though they didn't really advance. uh, Those were just very special years for me watching college basketball and really where I came to love certain aspects of the college game. Uh, I still hold a soft spot for the Missouri Valley, even though it's completely different than the Missouri Valley conference that I came to know and love. Um, It's still one of my favorite mid-major conferences to watch because of all of that. And uh, I still, you know, Creighton in the Big East, I know way more about their team than the Nebraska ball team with, you know, their ups and downs, mostly downs. Although I think Fred Hoiberg this year uh, is going to be, you know, obviously he's going to be hovering around 500. Uh, He's bought himself another year. And if he can continue this level of development, I will be very, very happy to see Nebraska ball potentially, Maybe under Fred Hoiberg someday win their very first NCAA championship game because they are not championship game tournament game because they have never fucking won a tournament game in the entire history of their program. They've made the tournament on several occasions. They have never won a tournament game. That's brutal. It's the the good thing about that. I mean, as, as pathetic as it is, is that that's a legitimately obtainable goal. I mean, I can't sit here and say, oh, that's not going to happen. It's such yeah, an easy job next year. It's an easy uh-huh. job to keep because there are no expectations. Nobody at that school, like you go to Creighton, you expect to, if, if you're a student there, you expect your team, your basketball team to be good every single year. And for a few years after Doug, Dougie D, they were not. But uh, Nebraska basketball, just go win some fucking Big Ten games. You can keep a job. I mean, I think Trev Alberts, the AD, is pretty understanding of that and will give whatever basketball coach a pretty long leash as long as he shows that he could be, you know, bring some respect to the university and beat some folks. And you know what? Fred Hoiberg is a, uh, I think a bang up job in the big 10 this year compared to his past years compared to, you know, just what his expectations were. So Colin. Um, this is actually one where we'll keep it short and sweet. Cause <laughs> from a college standpoint, I don't give a fuck. Um, like I, I root for OU cause we went there. That's about it. I don't have any, deeper allegiance than that i i was there when buddy healed was and that ou team was really good and so but i don't like i i root for ou due to allegiance but i don't give a shit i i straight up don't give a shit i love college basketball as a whole do have i don't give a fuck about a single team there and like this year i actively root against ou like <laughs> just cuz it's such a dog shit team because i'm pissy <laughs> <laughs> no cuz it's such a dog shit team and uh fuck the groves brothers and fuck most of that team uh, you won't fuck all you won't i won't i mean Get one in of them suck them all off <laughs> show well, how hey, angry man. you really are Hey, one long-haired point guard from him has a lot more time to hang out with me than right now. But nah, fuck that team. If he no, shaves I, his I really... face, would he fool you? Is it gay if it's Bijan Cortez? <laughs> that's the woman, not me. Uh, nah, like that's the thing. I I do really like college basketball as a whole. I root for OU out of obviously allegiance from school, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say I, I like I'll root for certain teams when stuff comes down to it, but I won't like I don't have like a 
a team from the outset where I'm like, they got to be good. I'm no Duke Homer. I like, I don't suck off any old blue bloods, no new blue bloods. I don't care. I just want a good season. I want a whole, you know, I want, I want, I want a good year in college basketball. That's pretty much what I wouldn't say I root for, but that's what I want. And I uh, will very, very like third handedly support OU with second hand being absolutely nothing in between. I don't give a shit. Like I, I don't have an allegiance there that I, I root for and care about. Well, then in that case, do you want to roll us into NBA? NBA? Oh, that, that one's easy. Um, so I got an NBA when, and God knows, Sam's muted right now. He's going to chime in soon. I got really into NBA when LeBron came into the league. But... You know, like that, that's, I think, a fair statement within like our timeline of stuff rooted for him with the Cavs. But as soon as OKC had a team like that's, you know, that's where allegiance goes. Right. And that's who I root for to this day is OKC. Um, But like LeBron got me into the NBA scene of basketball. Basketball was probably the last sport of like the major sports, excluding NHL, for me to get into. So. I rooted for LeBron those like while he was with the, with the Cavs prior to the Thunder existing and him moving to Miami. But as soon as the Thunder existed, I've rooted for the Thunder ever since. See, I, I can respect that. I'm not. I I won't hate on anybody who was a fan of LeBron in his early days. Even I was. I, I thought LeBron was cool on the Cavs, doing the chalk toss and all that. He just he's lost me over the course of his career, specifically going to Miami and basically everything since. But no, I, I I'm not gonna not gonna hate on you for for him getting you in, into it early. I can I can see how that would happen. I don't I even hate him it. that much for like that's the thing. I think I the de- so the decision. Well, sorry. <laughs> The phrasing didn't finish. Uh, the decision, right? That whole bullshit. I don't yeah. hate him for going to Miami. I hate him for having an hour-long special for it, right? <laughs> I'm like, taking, I'm taking my town to South Beach. <laughs> Dude, the Cavs, the Cavs, like, the Cavs didn't do enough for him. That's fair. But my God, a fucking hour long special on where you're going for a free agency and then getting a ring based on you hacking KD with a no call. <laughs> yep. Fuck you. The, you know, Fuck you. To be around, bailed him out on the next one. In his defense, so, uh, when he was coming, you know, when he was coming out of high school, deciding whether to go college or go pro, you know, uh, if if ESPN was the monster that it was today, they would have had an hour long fucking special about him going pro. Well, no. If 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 he if he was like if he couldn't go pro, they would have had an hour long special on him for sure. Going oh. going where he's going for college. I agree. I mean, they, yeah. they would have no. They would have had either way. They would have had an hour long special that was called the decision, and it would basically just be hit like they, they would talk about LeBron, then they would interview him for a bunch, and then on live TV, he would make the decision on what he was going to do. Whatever, I fucking hate ESPN. Oh, for sure. oh yeah, I agree. That that could have happened, and I could have had a different uh, viewpoint from an earlier age, for yeah. sure. But no, I mean, even then, like those are like it was very much uh, the last. So I've purchased maybe two two K games in my lifetime. One was NBA two K eight with Chris Paul on the cover, <laughs> and it you know. The playing with the Cavs with Booby Gibson, Delonte West, all them. Nice. Uh, obviously, LeBron. 
but then I bought one more like 2018 or something while I was in college or like 2017. But yeah, no, I, I liked LeBron early on. That's what gathered my attention. The NBA once OKC got a team though, like it was done. Like it doesn't matter. Like I was still at that point. I was like, I'll still root for LeBron, but I live in Oklahoma. I'm OKC area. I'm going to root for OKC. There's no doubt about that. I, it didn't matter that they were shit for the first year or two. That's who I'm going to root for. Because I know you're both so. wondering and just like racking your brains trying to figure this out. In NBA 2K8, Kyle Korver would have been on the Utah Jazz. That's correct. <laughs> that, was his, his, that was his last stop before he came to the Bulls. Yeah, Creighton Zone, Kyle Korver. Yeah. Better than Doug. Born in Pella, Iowa. Uh, not in in the in the NBA. <laughs> in the NBA, yes. College, yeah, not a, no. Not, a not in college. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Sam, uh, I don't care about the NBA, so Sam, why don't you go? <laughs> cool. Yeah, I can throw a little a little bit more uh, family history at you guys. So my more uncle, love of the Reisendorf I, family, by the way. <laughs> uh huh. So my uncle, who I am named after. Um, he was actually a sports writer, uh, I believe, for the Chicago Sun-Times um, in Chicago, obviously, uh, in the 80s and 90s. He actually ended up passing away, I believe, the year that I was born. Um, but he, yeah, he, he, was, uh, he was pretty close to the Chicago Bulls organization. I'm actually looking right past my webcam here at a, a framed picture on the wall that it, well, it's actually just a collage of a few different basketball cards from the the dynasty era chicago bulls and in one of them uh, it's a horace grant card you can see my uncle is basically like first row you know and in and with with all the other press and, and pretty much front and center in the basketball card um so that, that, that's a pretty cool tidbit from our family history when he passed away michael jordan actually sent flowers to his funeral had some good things to say about him even relative to other media thought that he was not a particularly conniving or insufferable member of the media so i'll, I'll give i'll give some props to my uncle there to be fair um, i'd take it if mike if uh michael jordan had bad things to say about me i'd take that too. i would too uh, michael jordan doesn't have <laughs> shit to say about me unfortunately <laughs> Uh, um, so, you know, whatever he has, that's, that's, that's worth mentioning. But, uh, no, so there, there's some fairly close ties to the bulls for my family there. Um, looping it back to something I mentioned earlier as well with KU, when I was getting into the, into KU basketball, they won the championship against Derek Rose and the Memphis Tigers. And that same off season, the Chicago bulls happened to win the NBA draft lottery. And Chicago native Derrick Rose was the top prospect in that draft, along with Michael Beasley. And the stars were kind of aligning. I had watched a little bit of Bulls basketball prior to that, thanks to WGN, like Colin had mentioned, and how they would air Chicago games nationally on occasion. My parents would tune in, so I would see some of the Kirk Heinrich era um, baby Bulls of like 06, 07. But really got into the Bulls that same summer after KU had won the title against Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose got drafted to the Bulls. He would go on to win Rookie of the Year. The Bulls played one of the most competitive playoff series in in history, first-round series at least, um, in Rose's rookie year against the Boston Celtics. It went to seven games. The Bulls won an overtime, double overtime, and triple overtime for their three wins in that series before losing game seven. Um and I pretty much was hooked from there on D Rose and on the NBA on the Bulls as a whole. They 
ultimately had we had the Rose MVP season when I was still young, and then obviously his career went south with the injuries, and that's pretty much been the story of the franchise since. But I was I would say I was I started out as mostly a Bulls diehard, probably after I'd gotten into all those sports in that couple of year period, the Bulls were were definitely my one A for quite a while. And that's not really the case anymore. But the Bulls honestly were probably my, my most passionate uh, following team for a good probably decade or at least a half decade. Yeah, if you put yeah I mean, we all know Sam to be the beleaguered Chicago sports fan. So uh if you put a gun to my head well, okay, actually you know, in, in elementary school uh, when a lot of my other friends, I mean, I was playing basketball too in elementary school. And that's, that means much. A lot of my other friends were also playing basketball and were much more into basketball than I were. I was. And uh, they were Celtics fans. I think they were basically just Ray Allen fans because he was like not on the same level, but he was kind of the Steph Curry of his time in terms of shooting threes. And what the fuck is Colin trying to show us? Ah, uh, sorry. It's a uh, Tanner put it and in Jake. Front of the camera. Yeah, no, I realized it was going to be inverse anyway. Tanner and Jacob Groves, academic all district. Maybe play better <laughs> basketball, you scum cunts. <laughs> Their parents are so proud. Oh, my God. Guess who's not? Anyone that's a fan of you basketball. <laughs> you think Tanner Groves gets drafted? <laughs> Fuck no, dude. Tanner Groves, Tanner Groves should be Army? backing up Brady Manick in the NBL. Uh, he God. wishes that's not. His ass is playing Estonia. He's not even good enough to play where fucking Lamella uh-huh. and the balls played in Lithuania. He's playing in fucking even worse country. Send him to Siberia. Dude, he's selling us insurance. <laughs> He's a he's, fucking he's, bum. He's, he's gonna go work he's cutting for, that trees no. in your yard. He's gonna go. He's gonna go. Sorry, work yeah. For, Tanner, Tanner might do that. Jacob's selling you in. No, Jacob's <laughs> gonna go pro in something else and go work for Enterprise Car Rentals. <laughs> that uh, I'm sorry, he's selling us uh, <laughs> rental car insurance. Uh, yeah, get the extra insurance. You're gonna want that. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah. So for me to anyone who rented a U-Haul. <laughs> For a brief period of time, I guess I'd consider myself a, a barely Celtics fan in in so much as I knew who Ray Allen was. And I guess today, if you held a gun to my head, I'd consider myself a Houston Rockets fan just because I, at one point in my life, knew who some of the players were. I couldn't tell you who's on their roster today. You can't tell us one Houston Rocket? You can do it. I think. I think you've done it. John, recently, well, I, I did it on like the first or second uh, episode of John Wall. Oh, no. Say it. John Wall. They, they bought him uh, out. Fuck, I don't know. When did, oh, did they, did they? <laughs> yeah, he's a free agent. As of Woz when? Was, that's all I had. Woz was tweeting about it. He's, he's, he's out there. Uh, it counts. Fuck it, it counts. Roster. That was like count. in the past he was, two He days. was on the Clippers all I, year. He was only on the Rockets for like a day. Okay, I'm pretty sure I Yeah, have... but he was there previously and barely <laughs> played with the Clippers. Got sent back to him. I'll take it. <laughs> I well, I will not. To be fair, I think I have said the words Jalen Green there you and go. Jabari there you go. Yeah. Smith on the podcast. But <laughs> okay. that's, that's, those are the two names I've I said the words on the podcast, but that's about <laughs> yeah. it. So, uh, fuck it. Sam, you want to talk about hockey? Colin doesn't give a shit. 
I'll talk a little bit about hockey. Yeah, and I, I'll admit that I'm a bit of a fraudulent hockey fan. Like, oh, so I'll, am I. I don't I'll entertain hockey. The playoffs are fun as fuck, and I will always die on that hill, even though I'll, I'll show up for the playoffs not knowing left from right, basically, in terms of, like, which teams are really good or, or you know, uh, what, what to think about different teams and players. But I did, uh, I did watch and enjoy some of those Blackhawks Dynasty Stanley Cup runs. Um, when I was a kid, they won the first one in 2010. I remember it was late at night. They won in overtime in game six. My dad made me go take a shower and go get ready to go to bed uh, uh, when it went to OT. <laughs> Oddly and that specific. bummed me out. I, I'm just saying that's how, how it went down. I didn't get to see the, game, the, the Stanley Cup winning goal. I don't hold it against him because I think in hindsight he would he would have let me stay up. I was telling him, hey, don't let me stay up. It's, it's overtime in the championship pops you know but uh he wasn't having it but by 2013 uh you know i was i was old enough to to stay up and watch even when they went to triple overtime um against i I believe they did it against detroit and against boston in that playoff series hawks came back from three to one in the second round against their bitter rival the red wings um in 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 2013 and then won the conference finals against the kings and then the the Bruins we won that one in six to win the cup we that, that they had the whole Boston strong Boston bombing thing going on we said no that stops here sorry and uh, we we scored two goals in 17 seconds in game six to go from trailing to winning late in the third period and just absolutely silence the crowd of the Boston Garden absolutely delightful. Uh, I remember Boland scored the scored the goal, or he was right in front of the net at least for the, for the second one of those two goals, and he like threw his gloves and shit all down like we had already won, but there was a minute left still, and he had to pick all his shit up. Uh, and then a couple years later, they went and won again, twenty fifteen. So it was pretty fun. That kind of that made it easy to get into hockey a little bit more. Just that that my dad, honestly, he he loves the Hawks. Like he he cares more about the Blackhawks than any of the other teams that I've talked about today, which is a bummer for him because they just blown out and have for a long time since that dynasty. But uh, he he was so passionate about it; it made it nice and easy for me to kind of just jump on board and enjoy those championship runs. And it, it's kind of kept me tuned into hockey through the years and the playoffs, and just knowing how exciting and and, and magical some Stanley Cup runs can be. So. That's that's about all I have to offer on hockey, but it was it was fun getting to experience that as a kid. I have a lot less to offer. Basically, I got into curling in college, and the, one of the first tri- like really interesting travel trips I got to go on was the college curling championships, which were in Chaska, Minnesota, which is a suburb of Minneapolis. And when we were going through the uh, Mall of America, I saw lots of Minnesota wild jerseys and I thought it was really cool. And then I started watching them a little bit and I thought Zach Parisi and uh, God, uh, Nino Niederreiter. Ryan Suter. No, well, oh, yeah, Nino Niederreiter. Hell of a name. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely I know. I thought, I thought that those guys are pretty cool. Uh, I uh-huh. never did get one of their jerseys, maybe someday, but uh, that's, I was for a short period of time, sort of a Minnesota wild fan. And I guess once again, if you held a gun to my head, I would have to choose between them and the, uh, the coyotes. Uh, now that I went to that, uh, NHL preseason game that they held in Wichita versus the blues and the coyotes won. And I found myself rooting for the coyotes. Cause I have a, I have a friend who's from Phoenix who, uh, is actually a coyotes fan. So, um, <laughs> so, 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 I give absolute fuck all about hockey. 
But a girl I went to high school with, I think she's a year or two younger than me, is dating a Minnesota Wild player. Which one? I don't fucking know. I, I, I couldn't I tell you any names either. I was going to pretend to know something about hockey. <laughs> oh, that yeah. guy, of course, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Patrick it, Sharp. I remember the, everybody, like, everybody would, when the Hawks were good, would just talk about how Patrick Sharp was, like, this absolute perfect specimen of, of male humanity. <laughs> he was pretty good at hockey, so I'll give him that. Uh, his name is Brandon DeHeim. He is so, from Parkland, ooh, Florida. Got like, oh, oh man, weird place to play hockey. And, uh, Marjorie not, Douglas. Not, not <laughs> dealing with that one further. Um, <laughs> sorry, what was that, Sam? Did, did he survive his high school experience? Because there's a bunch of kids. No who shit. Didn't. That <laughs> not a bunch, just a couple. I mean, what, what you, do you consider a bunch? Uh, more than two. <laughs> I think I would think it would qualify as a bunch. I don't remember the numbers, and we don't maybe need to get into that territory here. But uh, okay, I call it yeah, a bunch. yeah, we're not playing this game. But the only fun fact I have is apparently one of the kids from Parkland <laughs> went to Michigan State. No, that was Sandy Hook. What? Then, what are you talking, talking about? about? The chick who went viral on TikTok recently. I don't know. Kendall told me that one of the kid, uh, like one of the kids that went to Parkland, Florida, like high school, was at like goes to Michigan State. Oh, so they, so, so that person got shot at twice. Yeah, that's that is the gist <laughs> of it. I'm pretty sure it was Sandy Hook. Though. Were I they saw, also saw this chick? Pose. Were they also on the UVA bus? <laughs> I'm gonna bet that they were not. Uh, okay, you know, uh, it, this is on my girlfriend. From still, now plenty on, of right? time to add to the resume. <laughs> Jesus. All righty, uh, Colin. Do you want to give us a uh, an a maybe an abbreviated version of Colin's capping corner? Oh yeah. So actually, you know, abbreviated yes, but we're gonna start with <laughs> what Sam and I need to keep consistent so we can keep shit talking. People is bum of the week. And I know Sam has opinions, as do I, but we need to keep Bum of the Week going each week. So, Sam, who's your Bum of the Week? All right, I'm going to need a, a half second because I forgot to prepare a Bum of the Week, but I bet I could come hmm. up with one off off top. Oh, um, did they go oh. to Creighton? <laughs> yeah, that's, thank you. That's a good. That's that's a good point. I just needed needed to think for a second. None other than currently down by noted, three. By the way, to Mark noted untalented white man Baylor Shireman, who <laughs> would have won me some money if he hey, could maybe make one or two goddamn fucking shots. Everybody has down nights, and he's all very game. talented. Otherwise, he's a he is a, a he is an absolute fucking okay. bum for that performance. He missed ten threes. Nobody even fucking takes ten. <laughs> Every threes single other night, he, he is their token white guy three point shooter du jour. Uh, last two years ago, it was Mitch Ballard. This year, it's Baylor Shireman. <laughs> well, then my bum of the week last year is Mitch Ballard, and my bum of the week is now is Baylor Shireman because he sucked ass and he hey, Sam, fucked us. Do you do you want to guess? Us. Yeah, he did. Do you want to guess how uh, what he's shooting for for three right now in this game against Marquette? Like right now, 40, uh, 42%. I'm, I'm going to say one for seven. Ooh, you wish it was that bad. It was three for 11. Oh. Guess what? They're still losing, though. It just barely. Three for 11 would have gone a long way. Game still Yeah, no reach. shit. I actually, I, it's Dylan, I actually almost bet his over uh, 
on three-point field goals instead of betting on this game on a spread. I did not bet on the spread or any type of money line. His his over under three point field goals was over two and a half plus one third like one thirteen. I was like, I don't trust this cracker. He <laughs> fucked us. He <laughs> fucked us. So I did not bother with it, and he shot like fourteen percent in his last game. Thank you so for the like, guidance there, though, Colin. I was I was gonna have a hard time pulling that one out of out of memory, but he is yeah. No, no worries, pal. I, I was on. I was on. I was on him against Providence as well. So his last two games, right? Uh, was Providence, where he shot 16.7% from three, and then against, uh, was that St. John's? St. John's, where he shot 14.3% because he is a failure of a white. Ah. There is one good white on, on, on Creighton, and it's it's good old Ryan Cockbreath. <laughs> it is not him either because that pussy boy could have put up a goddamn putback that probably beat won them against Providence, and he was too much of a bitch to do it. He kicked it out for three. But that uh, I'll digress. Um, my bum of the week because I don't know if Dylan has one because I don't. I, have to I'm coming up with one. I'm coming up with one. Yeah, so I'll, I'll buy some time for you, pal. Uh, William Knight from the UFC. Uh, this week. So obviously we had our lovely Saturday night UFC fight night, which was Blanchfield versus Andrade. A very, you know, a very actually really good fight night, despite it being like a round and a half, especially for women. Very good, very high quality stuff going on. But so William Knight, who was actually, we won't discuss it on ugly because I will discuss it now. Um, I gave out as a neg one thirty money line last week. This motherfucker went into his fight and threw thirty three total strikes in fifteen minutes. Eight landed. Eight landed in fifteen minutes. He was averaging a landed strike at roughly one and a half or a half half of one per minute. And the guy he fought kicked him 63, uh, 83 times he attempted, 63 times he connected. William Knight is no longer in the UFC after this. As of today, he got cut from the UFC. He, his contract ended. Those fuckers ain't signing him again. He came out with like a, a video on Twitter saying, Oh, I froze. Dude, you don't get a freeze for three fucking different rounds. That is embarrassing. Like, is William Knight going to beat the ever-living fuck shit out of me? For sure. But did he look like he was doing it Saturday night? Not a chance. I looked like I could win a fight against him on fucking Saturday. It was embarrassing. And apparently, he, you know, he was saying death threats were made against him. That That's bullshit. Don't do that. What you did, though, on your fight night was absolutely embarrassing don't tie a fucking gym to your name because no one should get that negative fucking work for you. That shit was pathetic. Dylan, do you have a bum of the week? Uh, you know what? I'm having troubles pinpointing an exact name. So give me two. Uh, All right. I'm going to say whoever caused the fucking wreck at the end of the Daytona 500 on Sunday. And then uh, none uh, of us watched that. Yeah. Well, I, I watched that part of it. 
Uh, Did everyone survive that wreck? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's boo. a bummer. Hold on, hold on. We're getting there. And then my other bum of the week, who has been my bum of the week for the past 22 years, uh, is Ken Schrader, who when uh, when Dale Earnhardt hit the wall, he's the guy who finished him off by T-boning him. So, <laughs> good old M&M's <laughs> car. Hey, man, that's Kyle Busch. Well, not in, 2000, not in 2001 it wasn't. That's how you know I accidentally know a little bit about NASCAR. Yeah, I was about I was to able... be like, I, what the fuck, Colin? <laughs> no, like, because I'm right, and, and Dylan it will is tell now. you I'm it right. Is, it is today. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, today it's like Kyle that, Busch. It's been like that, like, probably since uh, 2012 minimum. For a number because... of... Eh, Kyle Busch has had a couple of different iconic cars. Is Kyle Busch the one who... Just barely got his weasel his way out of Mexican prison, or was that a different guy? <laughs> what? Do you not know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I don't know what you're talking some about. Some fucking idiot got caught with a gun in like a in in a Mexican airport or something. I think. Oh no, that uh, was Kyle uh, Bush. <laughs> he was sentenced to three and a half years in prison. Uh, yeah, but he's not going to have to serve it. It's a bummer because it'd be so fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm he just he just can't go back. He just can't go back to Mexico now because if he does, I think he'd be in prison. Yep. So he he accident accidentally quote unquote brought a handgun into Mexico and got caught. That's better than giving a handgun to your teammate to murder. Give him, it, give it a what to your to your teammate? A handgun. A handjob. I said it a lot. A handgun. No, that is actually legitimately what's going on with Alabama basketball right now. <laughs> And Sam, they, yeah, did you see that shit? No. Yeah, Brandon Miller. Yeah. Did dude. you see what Nate Oates said about that shit? <laughs> yeah, wrong place, wrong time. He apologized. No, no, he was like, I can't control what happens out of practice. Hey, hey, Creighton's tied Ooh, it back wild. up. Hey, Creighton. That's not what you yeah. want to be saying, Nate. Creighton's tied it back up, 67 all. Don't care, fuck them. No, no fuck you. <laughs> okay. Oh, let's, no, fuck you. Collins cap and corner. Fuck Baylor Shireman. <laughs> well, that, that's fair. Fuck Baylor Shireman. If he's playing better, Creighton be winning right now. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> All right, Sam. Do you have some recap from the weekend oh, for good, bad, and ugly? Fuck, I didn't Yeah, it's not this. so much from the weekend as much as, as more of midweek last week after our pod, but on, on all, Valentine's all, Day. Any time day since then. I, I went ahead and threw down some bigger money than I'm used to on college basketball. And of course, lost every bet in, <laughs> in true professional fashion. Um, in part, thanks to Baylor Shireman being a worthless sack of dogs. <laughs> hey, I didn't bet uh, on that game. Wait, did I bet on it? Fuck, I got to look it up. I no, we so. all were on Creighton. Was, yeah. We were all I also on was on Mizzou. Oh, that'd be my ugly. Jesus Christ, Mizzou got absolutely fucking waxed. I had Mizzou money line that night, and they were down 30-6 to six before I could blink. Uh, <laughs> I was also on I, that. So I also had me. like three units on fucking K-State to beat OU after what we had just seen from the Sooners like two days prior, and, and Lord knows K-State came in and shit down their fucking legs, and OU beat them, so that was... That was a bad night. There's my bad and my ugly. Um, good. I'd have to think long and hard about um, Giannis, Team Giannis in the All-Star game. Hell fucking that was yeah. Like plus 115 before they even picked the teams. I was like, yeah, I guess. Sounds good to me. And then they went out and they, they did it to him. So shout out to Jason Tatum for the money. Will, Thank you, sir. I'll, I'll, I'm going to hijack that just because I was the one saying, fucking, they're putting like plus 120 on a team that hasn't been drafted. And I said, Team Giannis, let's get to that. I said I was taking that. 
And I'm happy y'all followed with that. That was absurd. Why would you have lines available pre-draft? That blew my mind. Yeah, it's weird. But hey, guess what? We got the cash on it, so good shit. Dylan, Alrighty, I had to look this up, but uh, actually not my good. My good is I am now, drumroll, 3-0 and on snooker bets. Oh, fucking when, uh, when David Lilly hit last week. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then there was a lot of bad. Um, I'm going to highlight some of the same college basketball bets that Sam had, uh, where I had Kansas State plus one and Creighton minus one and a half. Neither of those turned out particularly well for anybody involved with any of those programs, and especially not Colin, Sam, or I. Um, and then my ugly, it's not ugly because it was that bad of a bet, but anytime I push, I think it's ugly just because you're, you're telling me it couldn't go one way or the other. So I had two pushes this last week. I had the Arlington Renegades. It's a suburb of Dallas. It's XFL. Uh, they pushed two points. I thought they had won because yeah, I, I was going to say bonus points because you fucking talked like I I'm one and uh, I I had watched that game but did not watch the end and did not catch the it was the Las Vegas Vipers. I did not catch their last touchdown to uh, bring that in and and push. Uh, and then apparently, as Colin and I both learned at the same time, if uh, it, at least in college hockey, I don't know if this is the same for the NHL or not, if it goes to a shootout, it doesn't count as a win. So it counted as a push, even though, yeah, whatever. I had Michigan, it pushed because it went to a shootout. Uh, that's just ugly for that reason. I don't like pushes. So I, that's what I got. <laughs> See that that's not how it works in the NHL. They go to shootout and there's like cuz they do it sort of soccery where they do points for shit and so like shootout type shit will have like added points okay. rather than like a loss where you get zero. College clearly didn't know that. I I didn't know that, <laughs> so I don't like feel bad not knowing about it, but that's exactly. Uh, honestly, what I'm more willing to bet on more college hockey now that I know that that's an opportunity. You know, there's lots of shootouts that happen <laughs> any given day. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So going going from that, I got my good was uh, I had a rough UFC fight night, but Erin Blanchfield was plus 100. She was fight. She got a short notice fight. She was she was the schedule one, but her opponent went out and she was fighting a very, very good, like historical opponent in Jessica Andrade. Oh shit. Andrade might've fucked up her first name. She ended up being plus hundred. She was going to probably be like heavy neg odds on her other fight. She choked the, she choked Andrade out in the second round at plus 100. Lovely evening for lovely end cap to UFC for me that weekend. Did they both cry when they were done? Uh, I, you know what? Blanchfield may have because she is legitimately looking at a title shot from it, and she she's genuinely impressive. She's pro- I think younger than us, and that's that's not a jab at women. That's a jab at Colin. I'm aware. Well, you're yeah, aware. The I audience won. isn't as much. I won the fight without winning the fight. Yeah, just by um, cried harder at the end. I cried less. <laughs> I believe you mean. 
Um, <laughs> my other good, and it was it was a fugly good, was I had a U uh, a UC parlay in college basketball the other night that went down. I think UC Irvine winning in the last sixty seconds of their game to clutch that up for me. In which it was just it was ugly. I I really needed it to get there though, so it was good. Um, my bad is, uh, I XFL, fuck it. It was my first XFL, but it was the battle Hawks versus the Brahmas. I had over 37 and a half and that son of a bitch, AJ McCarron led them to a touchdown to win it. If they go to field goals, I, we looked up OT rules and they go best of three on like from the five yards, like from the five yard line out, two point conversion type shit. They kick a field goal. I'm probably getting those eight eight points I need, but we didn't get fuck. We didn't fucking get them. <laughs> okay, that's something nice. Yeah, uh, that's something. <laughs> uh, ugly. Well, fuck it. I sort of I I called bum of the week was one of my picks from UFC. My ugly. My other ugly was uh, Askabov, who was. 23 and 0 going into the UFC. That motherfucker got dominated in his UFC debut. That means that he got absolute bullshit help in his uh in his record. He got worked 30 to 27 across all three scorecards in his fight. That means he's a fraud bitch who's got inflated bullshit records. So, it was ugly. It was a bad bet. You know what? I shouldn't have trusted 23 and 0 going in the UFC apparently. So that was the end of my weekend. Sam, do you have anything going forward? Any any bets for the week or any yeah, games that's... to watch because obviously college basketball is a little tough to get ahead of. Yeah, I don't have a whole ton to go on, but uh I am eyeing specifically Baylor Texas this coming Saturday. I think that's going to be a really good game, an interesting game, and an important game. And I'm hoping that with Baylor on their little bit of a skid right now, I can get them as home dogs. I think that's plausible, and if so, I'm going to be all over that. All right, Baylor as home dogs. Anything else for us this week, or is that that's that's our major play? I got that's my major play for now, but I'll I'll be following up with some more as we as we get close to Saturday, you know, something on the Twitter account. Oh, bitch made has no XFL plays. Got it. Dylan, what do you got? Uh Colin, can you check for me since you have the ESPN deal pulled up, has the final for Creighton posted yet? It looks like they may have lost by two, but I don't know if the final posted. Creighton lost by two. Confirmed. Okay, well, in that case, uh, I have no idea what the line's going to be. Let's take a – oh, what day is that game? Uh, on Saturday, let's – oh, no, wait. Oh, shit, I was off by a week. Uh, I would take a chance on Creighton. It's probably going to be an underdog to Villanova coming Saturday after this loss, I would think. I don't know. Uh, they sure It's, it's at aren't. Villanova, so eh. – I think Creighton's probably about neg four against Nova. You know what? Villanova did win today, which does help you. They're on the road right. against uh, Xavier. They're uh, Creighton's going to be probably about neg four. Do, do you want to put money on that? Because I bet that they're two and a half. Are you are you saying they're dog? Uh, well, sorry, two and a, two and a half point saying, favorites. Oh, you're saying Creighton's also going to be a favorite? But two and a half point favorite. 
Not a oh, fucking no, I'm not going to fucking bet on a point and a half. You're going to bet on that? You're going to put money on it? I'm not that. No, I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> nah. Nah. Nah, Creighton's probably going to be favored by less than five points. I, I would like that. I would buy them at two and a half. At four, I would be a little. Anything three or less, I would buy them at four. I would be a little weary. But I do have some bets for the week that I've already placed. Um, uh, we might have another one of these sports allegiances things in the future. Uh, and in that case, so far, it's looking like the XFL. Arlington Renegades, coached by our very own Bob Stoops, is maybe going to become my team. I have them as four-point underdogs to Houston, who, when I was watching at the uh, at the bar I was at, did not look great last week. So I'm basically basing it all off of that. Put me one unit, minus 110, uh, Renegades plus four. And then we're going to see if we can make it four weeks in a row. I got Snooker. Yeah, this son of a bitch. Give me Gary Wilson. Plus one and a half. That's a minus one hundred five odds, and that is tomorrow morning at seven a.m. our time. Neg one ten. Neg one hundred five. Oh, sorry. Neg one hundred five. Yeah, Much better odds. One and a half point dog. So far, is today that's the day it all crumbles for Dylan. <laughs> yeah. It's the day I finally do it when the snook when the snooker bet doesn't hit. <laughs> Uh, and then God, I'm going to give it another shot. Uh, after I learned about the shootout rules, I feel like it's a, it's a lot lower risk doing ho- college hockey than I originally thought. So give me the oh, home geez. team. Give me university of Nebraska, Omaha, UNO for short. If you want to put that on the, on the, the Twitter, uh, as one and a half point dogs. So plus one and a half. Uh, but these are, it's kind of like soccer where then the odds are funny. It's are minus minus one sixty five versus St. Cloud State. Uh, UNO Hockey, historically a decent program, so we'll take it. Uh, One unit on all of those bets. And I don't have a flyer this week because betting on racing is fucking stupid, although I'm going to completely forget that. Because it's not a sport, I know. Well, but also because I can't fucking... It's not like horse racing where I could bet like win, place, or show because then I'd definitely be into it, but... Uh, I'll probably change my mind when MotoGP comes around and I decide to, to lose money on betting on a MotoGP winner. So, What was the Nebraska-Omaha odds? Uh, so the line is plus one and a half, and the odds were minus 165. Oh, okay, cool. It's like soccer lines. It's soccer lines, so sometimes the odds are funny. Shit can be tough. I know that much. Um, All right, so that goes to me. I do have a little bit more for the weekend that I do like. Um, Let's see. It's a little tough, though. There's just too much to like. All right, we're going to go. We're going to start with on the 26th, we have... Lens, this is French Top Flight Soccer. I know you guys are loving listening to this. Are you sure it's not handball? Did you double check? Yeah, because some of us know what the fuck we're talking about, despite it. uh, It's the 25th. It's the 25th. Not the twenty sixth. That's where that's that's my biggest extremely debatable. Oh, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Okay, the date versus holy shit is this soccer second league Romania versus fucking handball, so it's a different <laughs> debacle. No, we're talking Montpellier versus Lens. Montpellier lost uh, one of their best players to a red card last week. Lens is a top four team in Fr- uh, the French top flight. 
their team total, even on the road at plus one and a half at neg one and 15 is very ideal. Montpellier does give up goals plus missing their best midfielder. Pretty much he's not, I don't think he's the captain, but is effectively their most outspoken player. That's where we want to go along with, we're going to go. Damn. I just have so much. I like this week. Um, we're going to go Jordan Levitt in the UFC at uh, Neg 105. It's his first fight since uh, – I maybe it's his second fight since Patty Pimblett. He is a wrestler. Is that a real name? He will Pimblett? Oh, Jordan Levitt? No, Pimblett? No, Patty Pimblett? Are you Jesus shit Christ. me? Yeah, he, we yeah, talked about so, him before, right? I uh, – I don't know on the pod, but we've—I uh, know—we've uh, definitely discussed it in some aspect. At least Sam and I. Uh, Patty Pimlet—he signed with Barstool. He's a Cage Warriors former champion. Uh, this is his, one of his old opponents. He sort of had a fluky. It was a very impressive win, but a fluky sort of choke, beat the shit out of him type ending. Jordan Levitt's pretty goddamn good as a wrestler. The guy he's fighting isn't exactly a knockout artist. He's an Ego one a neg one oh five this weekend, so I'm gonna take him. And then my one flyer will be uh Brendan Allen, also UFC. He is plus uh what I was looking at, plus one ninety-three. Uh let me sorry, pull back up who he is fighting this weekend. He is fighting he is fighting Andre Muniz, who is a little less a they're both TK like Andre Muniz is four and four and four TKO fifteen and zero sub. Brennan Allen is five and two on TKO is eleven and one sub. I'm expecting it to be ended on the feet by Brendan Allen plus one ninety three. Fuck it, we're gonna fly with it. It's probably gonna be a bad bet. Let's be honest, but I'm gonna take it at plus one ninety three. I think he's uh, when you're the better. If you are good on the ground as well as the other fighter who's good on the ground, I'm going to take your better record on the feet. Doesn't mean it's a fucking flawless attempt or mindset, but I'm going to take it, especially at, at pretty much two to one. Fuck it, that's what I got. All righty, Sam. Uh, we are everyone's got. Yeah, we, drunk. we've. we've... <laughs> <laughs> Finally, somebody admits it on the podcast. <laughs> um, any any last words, gentlemen? I know we've talked a lot tonight. Yes, because I didn't get a bitch about it. Fuck Lisa Leslie. Don't let her judge a goddamn dunk contest again. I don't have an issue with someone giving a dunk contest participant not a, like 10 out of 10 or 50 out of 50, but if your best fucking highlight career dunk is a rim grazer... You don't get to judge Mac McClung's goddamn bullshit where he does something way cooler than you did amongst your career. Fuck you. All righty. Sorry, that's all I got. <laughs> nice and hostile. I like it. I, I did mention this briefly, but I'll kind of jump on, on Colin's wave here and, and just going on the All-Star Weekend shit a little bit. Fuck Adam Silver. 
all of All-Star <laughs> Weekend is a fucking joke. Uh, the Rising Stars is still the best, but the fact that they have a full G League team and they need to fill it with bums like Mac McClung, who's 24, has been out of college multiple years and can't fucking sniff an NBA roster because he's ass is a fucking disgrace. He should not be in a Rising Stars game because he's not a fucking Rising Star. Moving on, the skills contest used to be fun to watch. Now they let all three fucking Antetokounmpo brothers just be in it back-to-back years and make up a third of the field. No one fucking wants to see that shit. So that that was pretty terrible. Um, Three-point shootout is still pretty good. Dunk contest, I'll give McClung credit. It was respectable, but the fact that nobody good ever does the dunk contest anymore just makes it less interesting. Um, Adam Silver, this is the future you wanted. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Bonus points. It's not, you know, Mac McClung's fault he did the best, right? But fuck Adam Silver for the whole, we're going to draft the reserves first so that no one feels like they're the last pick. As if there is absolute fuck-all when you're the last reserve pick, even though they pick starters after that. Like, you, you're you dead last. You know that. No one gives a shit about you being last in the fucking All-Star Game draft. Yeah. That is such horse shit. I would like to point out that the NHL skills competition is actually still fun to watch. I try to watch that when I can every year because it's actually still interesting and fun. And also, Chiefs fans are the fucking worst. And that will conclude our garbage sports opinions for tonight. Go check out our Twitter at Three Plains SB. That's at the number three P L A I N S S B to keep up with our sports betting adventures and spreadsheet. And keep an eye out for future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever the hell else you get your podcasts from. And remember, quitters never win big, and big winners never quit. We're out of here.